In the name of the one holy and living God. Amen. Please be seated. So my neighborhood is mostly a series of wall-to-wall apartment buildings, two to three stories high. So we don't have a lot of lawns or any lawns, and we don't get much Christmas decor. You see a couple of strings of lights on balconies, and sometimes you can peek in windows and see a twinkling tree. But a few days ago, I was walking along a long stretch of buildings, and I saw this huge, huge blow-up Santa clinging to the roof of one of the buildings. And his hand on the side as if he's trying to scramble up to get to that roof to come on down. And it cracked me up. The idea of Jesus, the dude breaking into a house. <laughs> now, if he'd been a real dude, I'd have been on 911 in a flash. <laughs> but as I was standing there, my priestly self went, hmm, this is kind of a spot on description, theologically, of Christmas. Christmas is the breaking in of God as human into the world. And it's almost a perfect image of this last week of Advent. We're almost there. Santa almost there on the roof. And maybe even like Santa, we're carrying our load on the back of all the things we need to come through with before Christmas arrives on Sunday. And my mind popped over to thinking about the times in the Gospel of Matthew and Luke and some of the epistles when they described the coming of the Lord as being like a thief in the night. So this Santa, my theological mind, a little bit like Jesus, about to break into the intimacy of our life and of every life, no exceptions. And I even thought about how modern movies deal with this idea of Santa delivering presents to every single home and how can Santa actually get there. And I just saw one of Tim Allen's Santa Claus films. And the way Santa gets into apartment buildings is he squishes down and goes through air vents. (laughs) And then when he gets down to the place where there are no fireplaces, boom, one magically appears and he pops out. And when he's done giving his gift, he swoops back in, it closes up, and he goes up the air vent. And how does Santa get everywhere? Well, that's wormholes and time warps, of course. (laughs) And so here we are, about to celebrate God climbing into our lives into our messy apartments and our homes, whether we're well-prepared or ill-prepared, but just as we are. No matter what, Jesus comes. Jesus comes to absolutely everyone. And Jesus coming into the heart of our ordinariness and the heart of the ordinariness of all of humanity. And this actually means coming into the reality of the whole spectrum of human experience and human existence, the inequality the injustice of our world, coming into pain, right into suffering, into alienation and oppression. What's remarkable about Jesus is he's coming into more than just our individual homes and our individual lives. He's coming into our homes and lives 
and into all of humanity. For Jesus is for all of humanity. And we heard this in today's gospel when the angel tells Joseph that Mary will bear a son and the sons of the Holy Spirit. And Joseph, you are to name him Jesus. Jesus! <laughs> we'll pray for whoever they're going to. Uh, you will name him Jesus, and he will save his people from their sins. But do you know the name Jesus actually means God saves? He saves. So Jesus will save his people, all people, from their sins. And we heard the story of Jesus through Joseph's experience this morning. Not Mary's, not the shepherds, just Joseph. And it's a tale and a story of God's call for a massive disruption in his life. The massive disruption that great love coming into our lives can cause. So let's maybe put ourselves in Joseph's shoes, or perhaps actually his pajamas, because God comes to him in his sleep. And God comes in a dream through an angel. So let's just imagine we're Joseph and we're asleep, and we are likely stressing over being in this marriage contract with Mary, who's pregnant, and she hasn't moved in yet, and they haven't lived together yet, and everyone knows it. If we're Joseph, we're someone who is described as righteous, who's been faithful in our relationship with God. Says Joseph, we know God's abiding love and justice. And we're trying to follow God's law, but with Mary pregnant, we're in this terrible bind of sitting between this love that God has for all, and yet what scripture may call us to do, to shame her, to put her aside, to perhaps even stone her to death. So stuck between a literal rock and a hard place. So in all our stress, imagine lying there and trying to figure it out, come upon a workaround, a way to honor God's love and the dignity of Mary, and yet still fit with the idea that you need to divorce someone who's been, not been uh, faithful. So he comes up with the idea that he'll just divorce her quietly, send her off a loving way, a less hurting way to follow through on not marrying. And this is actually a very brave step for Joseph because it's a step away from the religious and cultural norm at the time. And it's a step into consequences that he'd likely have. So we're there, we figured out our workaround. We're a little scared, fall asleep, and in our dream, an angel comes and asks us, asks Joseph, to take an even more radical step. Asks us, asks Joseph, to disrupt our lives, 
to bear the shame and the potential consequences and the real consequences socially and religiously of welcoming a child who obviously hasn't been birthed by you. To welcome a child who's of the Holy Spirit. I don't know about you, but I'm not sure I'd wake up and be all for this plan. But Joseph does. And we don't even hear him say, here I am, Lord, or yes, I will, to the angel. It's just of the line that Joseph woke up and did as the angel said. Now I imagine that courage and that faithfulness and that trust to know that the angel's message was God breaking into his consciousness. And it begs a question when the mystery of God loves break, love breaks into all of our consciousnesses, breaks into our lives in whatever way, do we say yes? Do we follow? And what if that call has something to do with what's bigger than our own personal life? asking us to step into a vision of God's salvation, of Jesus saves, God saves for the world. And what if that call is something we don't really understand, but we have an inkling, this is God. Now we don't know from scripture how much Joseph ever came to learn and know about who Jesus grew up to be, who Jesus God saves the child he adopted, brought into his home, and raised. We don't see anything about Joseph beyond Jesus' early teenage years. Don't see him in Jesus' ministry or present at any miracles or teachings or parables. Don't see him coming with him into Jerusalem at the end. Joseph isn't with him at the crucifixion. A tradition says Joseph likely died, and that's why we don't see him. But I don't know. We actually don't know. What if Joseph continued to be a silent servant of God, a faithful, righteous servant? What if he continued in his role as parent? What if he's in a sense like us, we're never going to be written up, I don't think, in any annals that live for 2,000 years of the great works that we have, may have done in God's name. So what if Joseph just continued quietly following those promptings in his heart, promptings perhaps in a dream, to follow God? So can we allow God to work in us this way? Can we listen? Can we be open to however those prompts come? Can we be open to letting them lead us into places of disruption, of discomfort, of maybe social exclusion or scorn? May we be led there in service of God? So that's this morning's gospel. That's what we are on the precipice of celebrating. God's breaking in to our world. God about to do amazing things through us and among us.
God coming in with liberating and transformative love through Christ to bring true peace and justice and wholeness to the world. And that's our job, say yes, to do that footwork, to participate in God's great plan with Jesus to save us. Amen.